0: Let us pray. Thank you, God, for our foremothers and fathers who prayed and worked for our being in this place today. Help us to give up complacency and fears, truly love one another and hunger and thirst after righteousness. In this season of Advent, may we be bearers of hope and peace instead of fear. And may that bread of heaven and cup of salvation feed our souls with peace and unspeakable joy. In the name of God, our Creator, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. Amen. Good morning, St. Luke's. Good morning. It is good to be back in this beautiful nave after being at our parish retreat and all its glory last Sunday. I also hope that you had your fill of turkey, that holy bird of thanksgiving, or some wonderful vegetarian or vegan alternative, and are enjoying the leftovers. During this past week of anticipated peace and our offering of thanks for food family and friends, our lives were once again interrupted by two mass shootings. Five were killed at an LGBTQ dance club, Club Q, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And six were killed at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia. These killings followed the killing of three UVA students who were also on the football team a couple of weeks ago. On this first Sunday of Advent, a liturgical season that means coming, arrival, anticipation of the arrival of Jesus to our world. To what is Jesus coming? What kind of a nation have we become? We are a nation that has had over 600 mass shootings this year. There is something terribly wrong with this kind of nation. And even if we try to ignore what is happening, we cannot escape what is before us. And if you are tired of my preaching about this nation's sickness and stubborn idolatry of guns and refusal to make illegal semi and automatic rifles that continue to kill our children and adult neighbors, then know that I'm also tired of preaching about this sickness that does not have to be. However, however, As long as I am a priest in this church and innocent lives are being destroyed in our nation where leaders legalize such weapons, I will preach. If you detect frustration in me, then it is because I am frustrated. Our advent has been interrupted. Oh, how I wish that I could just preach a simple sermon Jesus loves us, and we go home. But it is my bounden duty to make the gospel, the church, relevant to our lives, to locate God in the midst of our joy and suffering. This gun violence is a moral issue of our time, an epidemic that must end or we will risk our very lives. I long for the day when I can stand before you when mass shootings will have ceased, be no longer, and civility will have increased. Yet this morning I cannot put too fine a point on this matter that is not changing but getting worse. You may say to me that it is just more reporting of all these shootings. I wish that were true, but the numbers verify an increase in mass shootings over the past decade. Moreover, if you are over 40, I have to remind Elizabeth that it's true, (laughs) then you know that our K through 12 years School years did not include active shooter drills, as kids are having to do today. Many of our kids are traumatized and understandably afraid to go to school because they feel that they will not come home. In this Advent that turns to Jesus' coming into our world, A Jesus that wept for Jerusalem as we weep for our nation. Where friends and neighbors are being gunned down in malls, grocery stores, parades, political meetings, places of entertainment, and houses of worship, we are not safe. I am disappointed that so many of my fellow clergy, pastors, in this nation have rendered the church comatose on life support on this issue by their silence. Many of the same clergy who proclaim pro-life. And when we claim that we are the greatest country in the world, it begs the question, can we be the greatest when we allow this to happen? Oh, I wish I had a praying church this morning because this is the very question that is presented in the book of isaiah the prophet who proclaimed that when his nation of israel received the messiah its greatness would be restored until we accept god's love to love like jesus as our presiding bishop says we will not be restored. It is fitting that given the state of our nation, we hear from Isaiah this morning. Furthermore, it is at Jesus' birth and death that we often hear from this book. The composer Frederick Handel put this writing to music in the Messiah, That is a lasting bio of this wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. The words of this oracle are powerful and prophetic, commanding and comforting. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it, So there is the opportunity to be great when we invite God and God's ways into our lives. Throughout Holy Scripture, we often hear the references to God as a source of our strength and love. The Lord is our shepherd. God is love and ready to receive us in our brokenness and waywardness and will restore us. It continues, many people shall come and say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord, that God may teach us God's ways and that we may walk in God's paths. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate, offer a settlement for the various groups of people. It further reads that they shall beat their swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And all that is good and the hope that we have this morning is that when we turn to God's ways and work to change people's hearts through our prayers and conversations, we can see this nation, yes, the United States, turn from an idolatry of guns and beat that idolatry into plowshares and turn spears of hatred into pruning hooks. Some of you are city folks, but I grew up in a small farming town and plows are used for making furrows, a rose that make it easier for planting and cultivating the soil for growth. The pruning hook is a tool for pruning, a way of removing excess plant matter for a more fruitful growth. A plowshare creates life, as opposed to the sword or assault gun that destroys life. In his essay, Friendship, Love, and Mass Shootings Toward a Theological Response for Gun Control, Episcopal priest, the Reverend Dr. Lyndon Shakespeare, writes, assault weapons, regardless of why people buy them, are built to do one thing, fire bullets in rapid succession at a chosen target. The shooting of an assault weapon, even as sport, exercises the kind of power associated with death. They are specifically designed to produce more than fatal force. They are built to guarantee maximum destruction. Jesus, on the other hand, proposed an ordering of human relations, friendships, neither by domination or sentimental appeals to getting along, but love. What was particular about Jesus was not that he produced the theory that people might live by love, rather, he is the source of love. As such, harmful rhetoric and inhumane portrayals of those who struggle for a good life include such things as assault rifles, do not serve the goals that form the foundations of a community of the crucified. If human well being is why the church exists, then we ought to strive in every way to secure such a life, even for our enemies. End quote. Our schools, social media, and homes must be places that honor our God-given diversity and teach that we settle our disputes with civil conversation rather than hateful, berating rhetoric and guns. In every generation, we must decide how we will live, if we are to survive. We have the power to stop this resurgence of racism, homophobia, anti-Jewish anti-Semitism, and the continued transphobia against transgendered individuals, particularly against trans women and trans women of color, which is related to the misogyny and anti-woman sentiment still prevalent in our society. We have been witnessing these mass shootings for decades, and it is patently clear that they are not going to eventually pass over as bad weather turns to good weather if we, with God's help, did not change this reality. You might ask me, with everything you just laid out, why should I believe that things can change with our being so at odds with each other? I'm glad that you asked. (laughs) I can believe because I still believe in the power of God's love to transform hearts even when it takes a while to turn those spears of hatred and bigotry into flowering friendships. A couple of weeks ago, I received a text from my sister Gloria asking me to call her. She wrote that she had a testimony of a former classmate to share with me. Hey, when you say testimony to me, I will drop whatever I'm doing and you will have my full attention. So I called her. And she reminded me that last month, she celebrated her 50th high school class reunion. While she could not attend A white classmate of hers, who we will call Danny, wanted to see her. And he made a special effort to find her because of something that had bothered him for 50 years. Even when he tried to move on. So he got my sister's cell number from a classmate, and they met at a local restaurant in my hometown of Stark, Florida. Danny then made a confession to my sister. He reminded her that in 1972, he and my sister Gloria had been chosen as the senior superlatives in the category of prettiest smile by their senior class. Given that it had only been a few years since school desegregation had taken place in my hometown, my sister was among some of the first African-Americans to receive such an honor. While Danny and my sister took the photograph of the yearbook at the local Winn-Dixie Grocery Store holding a tube of Pepsodent toothpaste. (laughs) Some of you will remember that. Unbeknownst to my sister, after the picture was taken, he went back to the yearbook staff and told them not to print the photograph to tear it up. He confessed that he had been uncomfortable being seen with a young black woman in the yearbook. Having swum in the racist waters of that environment, Danny was unable to rise above his own racism and that of others in that moment. The yearbook staff had gone to my sister to ask her to take another photograph by herself. Thus, when the yearbook was completed, my sister stood alone, unlike the other categories that included a female and male. She stood as having the prettiest smile of the entire class. She was never told the reason she had to take another photo and was unaware as to what had occurred. She told Danny that she believed that God shielded her from such a hurtful action. Yet Danny never forgot the wrong that he had done and needed to make things right. In his own encounter with the power of God's love, Danny confessed that he had struggled over the years for what he had done and how his sin of racism may have caused her pain. Sitting in the restaurant, he admitted what he had done was wrong and asked my sister for forgiveness. My sister accepted his apology and they talked and laughed and broke bread together. You ask me why I can believe. It is because of that power of love, to break the chains of sins that divide us, which is why I can believe. With God's help, we can stand against the sin and evil of hatred in all its forms. We can stand up to a culture of violence in music, movies, and social media, and replace it with togetherness and love. St. Luke's, I'm calling on you to join me and not make peace with this oppression. Let us learn from our past and not be silent in our time, as so many white church leaders and Christians were silent as black people were being lynched in past decades across this nation. Just as the society of old finally said no to segregation and chose anti-segregation faith and political leaders, we have the power of God's love to say no to idolatry of assault guns and spread this message in our workplaces, in our families, in friends and schools. Paul, a leader of our Christian faith, called us as believers to take off the sword and shield of separation and put on the armor of light. Jesus Christ is that light that came into this world so that we can walk in the light and let our light shine in the world that we can live together in peace. We need a resurgence of leaders in church and Congress that will spread a message of love and coming together. I believe in the goodness of this nation that we can rise above so much destruction of human life and live, and live and live as all God's children with our beautiful diversity. I believed it as a boy growing up in Ebenezer Baptist Church in Stark, and I believe it now. They embraced the vision in Isaiah for all of us to turn those swords into plowshares, and spears into pruning hooks, and study war no more. They said, gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside to study war no more. And they sang, ain't gonna study war no more, ain't gonna study war no more, ain't gonna study war no more. Amen.